was a myth-dispelling son of a gun last week. <laughs> Remember those? Here's the myths that I dispelled last week. Christian movies transform lives. No, they don't. How do you know that, Tom? Because you'd know it by their fruit. All that matters is fruit. Christian movies, how do I know they don't change lives? Because I've been a Christian since 1987. And I've never met one person that a Christian, that a Christian movie changed your life. Now they'll say, it changed me. All that matters is fruit. You are known by your fruit. So if there's no souls, it didn't change you. See, it bothers you because a lot of you have seen the Yeah, I want to name them, but I'm not going to do it because I'm going to stick to my commitment. Because I'm not saying they're a bad thing at all. I've seen one out of all that have come out. And I've had 8 million people come up to me at the door and say, Tom, you've got to see this movie. You've got to see it. I'm like, why? Because it just changed my life. I'm like, where are all the people you brought to church then? You watched, where are they? I'll, I'll wait over the next six months and I'll see how many lives are transformed by your transformed life. Because all that matters is fruit. How do you know that all that matters is fruit? Because God, in Matthew chapter nine, verse 38, is the Lord of the harvest. Be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows. That shall he also reap, Galatians 6, 7. A tree is known by its fruit, Luke six forty three. So all that matters is the fruit that you produce. If it just changed you, doesn't do anything. That's the, in God's eyes, that's meaningless. All that matters is fruit. Tommy, you're telling me all that matters is fruit? Yes. That's how you're going to be judged. Where do you get that from? Just, just the book of Revelation, chapter 20, 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment, where you'll be judged according to your works. I thought I was going to be judged according to my heart. No, that's mythology. I'm a myth-dispelling son of a gun. That's mythology. That movie just, how did it change your life? You name it. How did it, oh, I have a better attitude now. How long did that last? Here's one, and this is blasphemy inside of the evangelical church. Blasphemy, what I'm about to say. Mission trips change you forever. Okay, again, been in the church since 1987. And I've never seen it change somebody for forever. In it, now, they'll say, I mean, you know, I've changed, and now they go all the time, but I see no fruit. You are known exclusively by your fruit because he's the Lord of the harvest. He looks exclusively at your fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's how God looks. God doesn't look at, look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at your fruit, and now the abundance of the heart, the fruit comes out. You want to prove me wrong? Then please, please prove me wrong. Tell me that you watched the whatever, and I want to see you fill a row at the church. Every week. Your mission trip changed your life. I want to see the fruit of it. I want to see the miraculous. I want to see the souls. I want to see the prosperity. I want to see the healings. Because these signs might follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. And we shout and we yell, and then they never follow us. Amen, they never follow us. Doesn't confound anybody, doesn't rivet your soul to amen something that never happens. 
I'm like, Tom, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. It's a tough church. <laughs> then you'll be mad at us if we're too quiet. Yeah, it's true. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like a woman. You don't know how to read me. You don't know what to do. I got you. So I'm going to start off by doing the same thing this morning and dispel another myth for you. Christianity, this is a myth, Christianity is a gradual process. Now, most of you, even those of you that don't agree, actually do agree that it's a gradual process because it's been a gradual process for you. And I told you that I wasted, I'm 55, I wasted the first 50 years of my life, so it certainly has been a gradual process for me. Or is it not even a gradual process, but no process at all? Because there is no fruit that says that a process is actually taking place. Christianity is not a gradual process. Now, if you're gonna amen that, make sure that it's no longer a gradual or non-existent process in your life, if you're gonna amen it. The kingdom of God, the implementation of the kingdom of God is not a gradual process. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter six, starting in verse nine. Now, the, king, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, Matthew 4, 17, is at hand. If it's at hand, then it's not a gradual process. But I've tried and I've failed. That's just because you think of it as a gradual process. You don't think of, of self-crucifixion, of getting rid of unbelief. That's your only blockage to prosperity, healings, miracles, and soul winning, is your own personal unbelief. That's it. What are you going to do about it, though? It's not a gradual process. Now, I didn't say it wasn't a process, did I? The kingdom of God is not a gradual process. The kingdom of God is at hand. 2 Corinthians 6.2. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. So I'll use these two things simultaneously. I'll say that Christianity and the kingdom of God, because they're one and the same, is not a gradual process. Stop thinking that. I didn't say it wasn't a process. So if you come up to me and door and say it's a process, and you'll, maybe you'll quote Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I didn't say it wasn't a process. I said it wasn't a gradual process. Now let me look at this. I had my wife get this information for me before, but instead of me having to ask her live today, I got it for myself. Let me read this to you. How long was the 40-year journey supposed to be? 11 days. 44 freaking years. 40 years. I said 44. 40 years. Instead of 11 days. Which, by the way, look at me is my Christianity and almost every person's Christianity in this room. Different kind of church. Those of you that just got saved, don't let this be you. 
Don't, don't be a 55-year-old preacher saying, he wasted 50 years. Don't do it. All the miracles I missed, all the healings I missed, all the souls that should have been saved. And by the way, people look at me as a high-level performer. If I am exceptional, because people, you're an exceptional Christian. Everybody at the sheriff's office, 25 years at the sheriff's office, 1992, 2017, everybody at the sheriff's office knew who I was. I witnessed people. I brought sheriff's office people here. I mean, I was exceptional in most people's eyes because at least I did something. The, the talent wasn't buried in the ground, but I still wasted a lot of my life. Those of you that are young, you can be as mad as you want right now. Stop being mad. Stop being offended. You're at the right church. Again, you're like, but I, don't, I just don't like the tone here. Okay, then just do the Bible. You don't do that either. So here it is. Uh, Kadesh uh, Barnea, it's hard for me to say it, Barnea, Barnea, was on the border of the promised land. And it was intended that the children of Israel would go from there and inherit the land. In other words, it took the children of Israel 40 years to travel the distance they could have traveled in 11 days. It's time for the gradual process to no longer be gradual. And everybody, oh, you know, you'll never see me badmouth people in the Bible because I failed in all the same ways. Even if it's Saul, I'm not bad-mouthing him. Even if it's David, I'm not bad-mouthing him. Because I've, I've failed in all the same ways. I don't understand why they didn't just go. Why don't you just go? Man, that manna fallen from heaven, sea split before him, dry land, watch the Egyptian army be wiped out. They complain about heaven, so he brings in quail. Why didn't they just obey God? Why don't you just obey God? See, that, I always, listen, I have lots of faults and failings, but one of those faults and failings is not introspection. I turn the microscope back on myself and go, how much have I, how, many, how long have I been walk, walking around in the wilderness? How, much, how often do I grumble and complain? Why did it take them so long? Why? Why has it taken us so long? Psalm 78, 41 from last week. Yea, they turn back and tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. He wanted 11 days. They limited him. They, they actually prohibited God from 11 days. Because they turned back. This message is still about repentance. You repent, repent. Don't turn back. When you've made that 180 degree turn and you are heading towards the promises of God, don't turn back and limit God. God responds to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. James 4, 8, 9, and 10. Don't limit them. Listen, if, if, if you grumble, what held them back? I have a list here. Here's, here's, the, here's the NIV uh, interpretation. Occasionally I like it. 
again and again, they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. Don't think that's not you. Listen, unless you have hundreds or thousands, if you've been saved for 10, 12, 15 years, and you don't have hundreds and hundreds of souls attributed to your account, this is you. See how quiet it gets? And that's not really my form of Christianity. You're known by your fruit. That's Christianity. Your form of Christianity is moot. It means nothing. You're not going to be judged by it anyway. You may fool a bunch of kind-hearted, tolerant, quote-unquote Christians, because that's new Christianity. And I'm just, you know, tolerating everything, that's Christianity. No, it's not. If that's Christianity, then why did Jesus tolerate nothing? Why does your form of love trump love? Don't turn, once you've repented, don't turn back. Well, I just want everybody to think of me as compassionate. You're turning back. You're turning back. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. You know what that means? That if I'm a man pleaser, I don't serve Christ. So why is your first thought, I want people to think of me as, as compassionate or loving? You're not here to be loved. You're here to love. If you're grumbling and you're complaining and you're discouraged, it's never gonna happen. Then you're in the desert. You're grumbling and you're complaining. You're not fully convinced. Fully convinced people don't grumble. Do not get discouraged. And you're looking at somebody who's spent a lot of time grumbling and been discouraged. I'm not gonna lie to you this morning. I have not arrived. I've simply left the shore, never going back. Grumbling, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised he was able to perform. You have to stand in it. A lot of you, this isn't even your realm. All those verses were Romans 4.3, Romans 4, uh, 4.20, and 4.21. A lot of you are not even in this realm because Christianity is just sort of an accent to your life. No, God, I agree to stop sinning, okay? And I don't even stipulate that anymore because most people get saved under fresh starts and new beginnings. If you went to a church like that, you're in a church that's preaching heresy, Needs to be a church that preaches repentance from sin. Amen. Conversion. So a lot of people aren't even in the realm, but I'll stipulate for just a moment that maybe you're in the realm of, you know what, Lord, I've agreed. Let you clean up my life. And the rest of the show is mine because really, I received you as Savior, not as Lord. Problem is, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him, that you will be saved. Not Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Lord, which encompasses Savior. So a lot of you aren't really believing for much. You're letting the world down. You saw that song? You know, I look, I look at the reaction to that song, For the Sake of the World, and we get a lot better reaction off of other songs. I just, I, you're like, Tom, how do you look? I look. I turn around and look at you. It's like I used to always watch my kids worship. 
I'm watching Norma right now. I watch what she does in the service. I watch Tommy's at, Tommy does the broadcast, so I can't watch him. During, but if I could see him during, I watch him. I want to make sure you're worshiping. I want to make sure they're paying attention. I watch. Because he, here's the thing. A lot of us, and again, guilty just like everybody else. I really am. I'm guilty and need to be a whole lot better. But a lot of us just live a life of implosion. All we are is fully encompassed in our own, in our own life, in our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own. We're not looking to heal anybody. But these signs are supposed to follow those you believe. The last one, that's Mark 16, 17, 18. The last one is, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You'll cast out devils. You'll speak with other tongues. You drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. You'll be like Paul in Acts 28, 3 and 5. A viper could fasten on you. And you just pull it off, throw it in the fire and suffer no harm. But you're not interested in that. You just want a very placid, Holy Spirit uninvolved Christianity. You're going to be miserable that way. You're actually inoculating yourself against greatness. You're inoculating yourself against the miraculous. You got to dive in. Everything you want, Lord, I want. A lot of people don't pray that because they're afraid of what God wants. Whatever God wants is your maximum happiness. Whatever you think is great for you is not. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let it go. Let your life go. You'll be a much happier person. That's as sweet as I can be. That's as sweet as I can be. You'll be a much happier person. What kept them in the desert? Complaining, grumbling, turning to other gods. See, we don't, we don't ever think of turning to other gods. I can't believe it's already 11.34. We never think of turning to other gods in America because we don't really idol worship that we know of. But we really do. People wanting to go back. People being discouraged, grumbling, complaining. And again, the one I was gonna tell you is we don't think that we follow idols, but we do. We're always looking for some answer. If I just had that. If I just have her, if I just have him, if I just have this, if I just have that. Most of you right now believe that. Even the saved, the most saved people in this room still believe that because you haven't been transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're actually heaping on yourself judgment because God will show you there's no other answer but him. You'll be on a vacation, a, ba a Bahamian vacation. What's the name of the resort I never can think of? Sandals? Because I said handles last time, so whatever. <laughs> you're at sandals going down a water slide. And you're mankini. <laughs> and you'll be completely disinterested. And blah. Because God is talking to you. And saying, you know what? Nothing works but me. Nothing. Nothing. Say, oh, that's not, I don't, I don't like that. It doesn't matter whether you like it. He created you. Do you look at things that you created? How many people in here create things, whether it's art or anything else? Raise your hand. How many of you create things? All right, there you go. Art, music, anything else. Do you look at your creation and say, um, what do you think? What, um, I want to do a deep exploration of your feelings. 
Um, what do you think? No. You created it. It's over. You're in charge. How do you like it when people manipulate it? Ask a songwriter how much they love it when people manipulate their songs. Like Ted Nugent, when he ever gets interrupted playing a lead, a lead guitar solo, nobody ever interrupts Ted. It's his creation. We as the created don't stipulate to the creator anything. And there are no, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. The RV is not gonna work. The motorcycle's not gonna work. The boat's not gonna work. The husband's not gonna work. The wife ain't gonna work. Sex isn't gonna work. Romance isn't gonna work. Retirement doesn't work. I honestly thought when I haven't shared this with many people, but I got some sheriff's office brethren in here. I honestly thought that when I, because I, for 13, there was a 13 year overlap where I did this church and the sheriff's office full time. So I never, I didn't really have a day off for years and years and years. And I honestly thought, you know what? When I retire, life's gonna get better. I did, I thought that, I really did. I thought it was gonna get better. But the problem is, is that the same person that was in pre-retirement was the same person that went with me in post-retirement, me. So the screwed up person that was there pre-retirement was the same unscrewed up, per, was the same screwed up person post-retirement because I never unscrewed myself up. So you can move anywhere you want. I forgot to use my usual throwdown, Tennessee. Everybody's answer. Now you live in Florida and somewhere else is your answer? It, nothing works outside of him. Most of you though are not convinced. You're not fully convinced. You're not, you're gonna keep, I'm telling you, put God first. I don't, and, and again, obey the scripture, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It doesn't say seek him first so that they'll be added unto you. Just seek him. What I've been doing is I go into my office and I shut it all off. And I just sit in there with God. If, you don't do, if you're not doing that, you're wasting your life. I'm, well, you know, I go in and I put music on. You're putting music on because you can't stand the silence. You're still addicted to the device. I go in there with, people would find what I do so monotonous. I sit in there in the dead silence and I memorize the Bible. It's quiet. Just sit in there. Door shut, talking out loud. That's it. I'm walk, when I walk, it's dead silent. I don't have worship music on. And like, Tom, are you against, I'm not against it all the time. I'm against it when you have it on all the time. You need it. God needs to be enough. You've never given him a chance to be enough. Well, I tried it for 14 days back in 2014. 14 and 14, we called it at our lukewarm church. Called it the 1414. It's nine years ago. Everything else in your life, 
you're okay with process. Everything else in your life you do. I look around the room here, there's some people that are in pretty good shape. You're obviously a man or a woman of process. You're okay with the monotony of going in there and bench pressing. Any weightlifters here? Boring, it's boring. I've lifted a lot of weight in my life. You know, I hate weightlifting, but I certainly never missed. Why does God, why does God get the raw end of the stick? He gets, he gets none of our time. We're not willing to be monotonous with him in any way, shape, or form, even though it's not. For with thee is the fountain of life, and thy light shall we see light. Psalm 36, 9. He is life. So why did they stay in the desert 40 years? Because he wasn't their life. Always looking for other things. Numbers chapter 13, 30 through 33. Then Caleb quieted the people. The spies have just come back. Spies have just come back. You have two camps of spies. You have everybody else, and then you have Caleb and Joshua. Which one are you? Now be honest with your life. Be honest with yourself. Which one are you? The crowd or Caleb and Joshua? Listen, it's going to offend some of you. Caleb and Joshua have giant brass. If you're afraid of your wife, that ain't you. And you know, they don't want to make the wife upset because, you know, mom ain't happy, whole house ain't happy. You're part of the other crowd. You, that's why you put a mask on. I watch most men who didn't want to put masks on or get vaccinated or stand six feet apart or lock down their churches. They did it at the request of their spouse. You ask my wife, ask her if I do anything at her request. She's had to come up to me before and say, listen, can you just cooperate with me? <laughs> I don't cooperate. To, listen, to a fault, I do whatever I want to do. I'm obedient to God. I do what God tells me to do. But anything else, I do what I want to do. Well, you sound like a horrible husband. Have her assess me. I'm not afraid. I'm not a perfect husband. But if you actually operate under the lordship of God, you'll be the greatest husband there is. If you operate under the lordship of your spouse, husband or wife, you'll be the worst spouse you can possibly be. I try to please my wife. I try to be a good parent to please God, Amen. not to please them. That's the same thing with all of you, by the way. I don't try, have you ever noticed I don't try to please you? <laughs> I just please God. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Amen. If I still please men, I am not a bondservant of Christ. If I give you that verse, so it's Galatians 1.10. So here come the spies, and there's two camps, Caleb and Joshua, and everybody else. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Amen. So the other one, it's done. So what should you do? 
Uh, we're going to enter into the process of acclamation. What's that? Okay, let's form 10 committees. We're going to meet virtually. We're going to meet by Zoom. Uh, we're going to meet in person, whatever. We're going to have 10 committees. You know what we do at the church here? If we have the money, do it now. Ask Travis. We have the money now, please. But the men, so Caleb says, let's go take it right now. Not tomorrow. No subcommittees. Now. Let us go up when? At once. What are, you, what are you supposed to have in your hands right now? Well, I've prayed and it hasn't happened. So you're going to get discouraged then. You're going to turn back and you're going to tempt God. The God who draws near to you, when you draw near to him, you're going to get discouraged and draw back from God. Well, I have the right. Okay, you have the right. Congratulations. What does that mean? Nothing. A lot, a lot of people who are offended have the right to be offended. You, somebody was a turd to you. Right? Yeah, you have the right. Does that make it righteous? No. People can say offensive things to so you. You never need to be offended. Listen, I can honestly tell you this. I'm never offended, Ever. I despise actions of people, but I never walk around, oh man, you know, that person really hurt me. I'm, you know what, because they're so mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk back. I'm, you know, I, I love to watch the Christian stuff. I love to watch Christians be foolish inside the church and act in ways they don't act anywhere else in the world but inside the church. I start seeing them retract. You know what? Here's, here's again, dispelling myths because this is a giant dung heap. A giant feces pile of worm ridden turds. Oh, you know what? We're just pulling back right now. We're just, we're just in a season of pulling back. Or I said something that bothered you from the pulpit, so now that has affected you. If you have, what do you do? What do you do if that happens? What do you do? I'll, just, I'll, throw, I'll throw myself under the bus. If I offended you, what do you do? It's Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. Between thee and him alone, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Does it say be offended? Does it say we're going into a season of retraction? Christians love to make themselves sound spiritual while they're rolling around like a dung beetle in a pile of dung. But the men, verse 31, uh, Numbers 13, 31. But the men who had gone up with him, with Caleb, said, we are not able to go up against these people. For they are stronger than we. They watch the sea be split. Walked across on dry land. I'm not belittling them because this is how I lived for 50 years too. I still let it creep in. God can't do it. You're not fully convinced. And you're shutting me off right now. You're shutting me off because your discouragement trumps the Bible. Your discouragement trumps the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Or maybe you're just flat out not interested in the miraculous. Which, you know, we ought to be interested in the miraculous since that was Jesus' primary source of attracting crowds. 
So they said, we're not able to go against these people. So they're going to remain in the desert. They're stronger than we. We have Yahweh at our six, and they're stronger than we. Most of, us, most of us live that way. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land, through, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Well, who are they? There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Just like all the Christians over the last 45 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We dutifully did everything we were told to do. And then they're all going to dutifully put a mark on their right hand or on their forehead too because it's for convenience and it's to keep you safe. Tom, how can you say that? Because the love of most will go cold. It's not me saying it. It's the Bible that's saying it. Most Christians will, te- will don the mark of the beast. Not me saying it. I wish it wasn't true, but it is true. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Tom, wait a minute. That can't be because I'm a Calvinist. Calvinism is trumped by the Bible. You know, you're afraid to amen that because John Calvin is allegedly a saint. How is he a saint when he burned Armenian believers at the stake? That's an absolute fact, by the way. You can't be a saint and murder people. Even in the name of Jesus. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Because of the, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's biblical fact. And if it's biblical fact, that means that it's fact. And you know why most people will take the mark? Because they never read that verse. They don't have the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. You do. Even if you never step foot in this church again, you heard it. I won't be responsible. Your blood will not be on my hands. Numbers 14, 20 through 23. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. So what happened? Moses goes up and pleads with God. Goes up and pleads with God, Lord, have mercy on all these people. Have mercy on them. We would rather have a nice, gradual process than actually just walk across, walk across the river and grab what's yours. That's all you got to do. We'd rather have a gradual process. Why, Why would that ever be? How many of you, I want you to think of your favorite vehicle right now that you would kill to have. If someone came up to you today, pulled it in your driveway and said, you can have it now, or we can make it a 10-year gradual process. <laughs> How many of you want a home? Someone comes up and says, you know what, here's your house. Because the Biden administration has made it impossible for most people to buy homes. 
That's on purpose, by the way. So you have to go to the government for them to supply your home and your guaranteed monthly income so they can give and take it as they see fit and manipulate your behavior, which is all part of Revelation 13, 16 through 18, which I don't have time to get into right now. That's the Bible. That's not politics. It's the Bible. So Moses, as usual, is going up and asking, have mercy on, the, on these, your children. Yes. Then the Lord says to him, I have pardoned according to your word. But truly as I live, that's not good. All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me to see it. Now, how does that apply to you? How does that apply to me? There's no literal land that you are possessing, but actually there is. This is multifaceted, and, rather, and this time I actually mean it. It's actually deep. There are physical things you're supposed to have in your possession right now, but you chose the wilderness instead. You chose to be discouraged. You to chose to be distracted. You chose to sin over and over again. You chose to be a vacillating Christian, in and out, in and out. You're solid until she comes along. You're solid till he comes along. You're solid till it comes along, whatever it may be. And you stayed in the wilderness when the entire time the promises of God are right there. All you have to do is not turn back. Well, what I've seen, you're turning back. You're talking about what you've seen. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is unseen, for what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18. So God tells them, you know what? You chose. Nobody's going in but the named ones, Caleb and Joshua. Heading towards the end with this. Our walk with God and the kingdom itself is actually a series of instant repentance. It's not a process. You already know. Look at me now. It's 12.03. I'm watching the time. I got it. I got it. We're not going to leave any later or any earlier than we usually do. It's all under control. I'm as hungry as you are. It's 12.03. It's lunchtime. It's not a gradual process. It's a series of instant repentance. You already know. Well, you know, I'm just... I'm working to be a nicer person. No, you don't work to be a nicer person. Be a nicer person right now. You don't need to work at it. I'm working to be a less moody person. No, you be less, do it right now. You don't have to be moody. You never have to respond according to your mood, ever. You don't ever have to respond because you can repent right now. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really praying about tithing. Nothing to pray about. Why are you not tithing? You want to rob God? Again, I don't poke the Yahweh bear. If you want to poke him, go poke him. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. 
And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You're going to mess with that? Oh, Tom, no, no, no. That's Old Testament. No, 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 no. That's Abrahamic covenant. The tithe goes back to Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20. And that was even before he was Abraham. That's when he was Abram. Don't hand me that. Well, you know, we, you know, it's, that's, the, listen, am I going to get to this? Yeah, I'm going to skip right ahead to this is what I'm going to close with. Don't believe lies. Tithing is of the old covenant is a lie. It's another pastor after my money. How am I after your money? Eddie, when are we doing the offering? See, he's just shaking his head. I got to give, I talked to Eddie this much, I'm going to have to give him a microphone. If I'm after your money, why don't, why don't I bring up all of our great singers, have Aaron do a big anthem, pass out the plates, get some people up here, do some interpretive dance. We don't even take an offering. How am I after your money? I'm telling you, it's just not a decision to make. It's a series of instant repentance, a series of instant decisions that you will make right now. If you're discouraged, stop it. Now, get that look off your face, go wash your face, put on some fresh clothes, get the sackcloth off, stop being discouraged. Now, not tomorrow, now. There's no point in it. Doesn't do anything. Well, what I wanted hasn't happened. Well, what does discouragement do for you? There's been many times where I was in discouragement and I just said, you know what? It's boring to be discouraged. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Spend all day in discouragement? It's like the times I've thrown temper tantrums, throw temper tantrums, storm out. And now once, once I've stormed out, I'm like, now what am I gonna do? <laughs> I did that one time. I've told you this story before, but it's been 10 years. So this will be new for a lot of you. I found out, you know, mortgage companies lie. And they redid my mortgage out of the blue because they said it was one interest rate or another. And then we got it to a place where we couldn't afford the mortgage. It's our Hope and I's first house. We couldn't afford it. I found out about it, punched a hole in the door, which you can still see to this day. I'll show you if you come over to the house. It's, it's, it's like fixed, but it's you know, there. Punched a hole in the door, stormed out of the house. Got in my police car, drove down the road, and I got literally four minutes from the house. God's talking to me the whole time. What are you doing? What good is this? And I, I got to Winchester Road, which is like literally four or five minutes from my house. And I'm like, now what am I gonna do? I'm not, I'm not driving anywhere. If I, I'm not gonna drive to where I can afford my mortgage. I'm like, what are you going to do? So I just turned around, tucked my tail between my legs, came back, asked everybody to forgive me for my abhorrent behavior, and moved on. That's what you do. It's not, I, didn't, I didn't go, okay, you know, what's, what's the process here now? I just made an idiot of myself in front of my wife, in front of my mother-in-law, in front of my father-in-law, in front of my children. Now, what's the process here? There's no process. 
And say, life is a series of instant repentance, instant decisions. Right now. The kingdom of God is not a gradual process. Don't fall for the lies. Now here's where I'll finish. It's not exactly a, I'm always like telling Aaron, you know, finish on a strong note, finish, so I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna not necessarily do that. I don't know if this is, this is not like exactly finishing on an upward swing, but, but I want you to recognize things. I want you to be able to, I'm gonna take six more minutes and we're gonna be done. I want you to be able to see traits that are in the air that you don't fall for. Don't fall, I, I named the myths earlier. Nothing wrong with missions trips. Nothing wrong with Christian movies. Nothing wrong with process. It's if, it, it, the problem is, is if, if you implement those things in a wrong way. Nothing wrong with watching a Christian movie. It, but if you're looking at something, that, no, what will, what will change your life is studying the word of God and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That will change your life. Not, not being inspired. I was inspired. Speak in tongues, baby. Don't believe the lies. Here's where I'll finish. Watch out that you do not assume, and when I say assume, I mean take on great falling away traits. As we are right now in the beginnings of sorrows. Now with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. So you don't need to interpret any of that. See, people get, this is one of the things people get in trouble with all the time. People want to Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord. Not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. 2 Timothy 2.14. People want to talk about the mark of the beast. The second return of the Lord. What is the mark of the beast? Let's break this down. What was the mark? Was Paul married? What was Paul's thorn? The second coming of the Lord. Whatever it may be. They always want to talk about these. Why? Why do you care? Why don't you win the lost and give sight to the blind? Why are you worried about? What exactly is the mark? Is it a quantum dot tattoo? Is it a chip implant? Who gives a crap? It'll be a visible mark on one's right hand or forehead. Problem solved. You're welcome. Don't fall for the lies and the distractions. Identify them. We are in the beginnings of sorrows. How long that will last, I don't know. And you know how much I care? Not at all. Do you care when the Lord comes back? Yeah, as long as I go. I don't think about, listen, I don't, I, I, here's another myth. Y'all better get ready. You shouldn't be getting ready. You should be ready. You don't get, you be. You all better get ready. It's not a, that's not a Christian life to get ready. It's a Christian life to endlessly be ready. It's a, it's a lifestyle of readiness. But here's some end times falling away. And I want you to, listen, we are to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Got three minutes to go. Take captive every thought. Make it obedient to Christ. Recognize these traits. These end times traits. I'm going to read them to you. And above all else, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Here they are. I'm finishing right here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. 
But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. Now, are there any of these things you? In any way, shape, or form. Now, how do you know if you're a lover of money? Because you're rich. Does that make you a lover of money? More people struggle that are middle class with the love of money than people who are rich. They'll do anything. I'll take seven vaccinations as long as I get to keep my $54,000 a year job. That's love and money. I'll do anything. So make sure that none of these, these end times straights to you. But know this, that in the last time, days, perilous times will come. These are, last, these are end times, beginnings of sorrows, traits of humanity. Make sure that none of them are you. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Are you unthankful? Verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying its, having a form of godliness, but denying its love. No, everybody's got the love, allegedly. Most of it's false love. But allegedly, everybody has, has cornered the market on love. But where's the power? Amen. They love you while, they're dying, while you're dying. You got the flute player. We got plenty of flute players and criers in the church. You know, the ones that the disciples and Jesus cleared out of the room? Got plenty of those people. Oh, look how compassionate I'm crying over you. Thank, I don't really want you to cry over me. Could you lay hands on me and heal my body? That's really what I would rather you do. Thank you for the crying. I don't know what sort of melody you're playing with that freaking flute, but you know what? I'd rather you heal me. I don't, no, thank you. Heal me. I, picture, I think in pictures, and I start picturing stuff. Finishing right here with these three verses. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those. And you're like, you don't think that I know what I'm talking about, some of you. That as soon as you get right with God, all the single people in here shout amen. amen. But as soon as you get right with God, he or she is coming your way. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're 17. He or she is coming your way. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. And that goes on either. You can flip the sexes on that. doesn't matter. They always addressed it in the male vernacular then because male society was set up more in a male way. But it goes either way. You can flip it the other way. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make ca captives of gullible men, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. You think, a lot of you think, oh, just, that's, just, that's just his little, you know, that's Tom's pet peeve. Not my pet peeve. I don't have any pet peeves. Except for the word Kiev. <laughs> You're like, what does this have to do with, I don't know, folks. I just say what comes to my head. I hate. <laughs> Sarah makes me laugh by laughing. I hate when people just change words. For 53 years, the capital of Ukraine was Kiev. 
to everybody, including Ukraines, including Ukrainians. And now suddenly it's Kiev. No. There you go. Here's the one I want you to hear. Here is a, here's the trait. I'm three minutes over. So I'm just talking about Kiev. <laughs> Always learning, verse 7, 2 Timothy, because that's the verse I want you to get more than any other because this is the one where most Christians struggle with. I'm not worried about them. I don't, have, I don't run into anybody in this church who's, boast, who's a boaster, a blasphemer. I run into some people who are unthankful, but very rarely in this church. But I run into this all the time, including myself. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's an end times falling away Christian trait. In other words, you believe that everything's a gradual process. You're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Whatever you know to be true that God is telling you to do or not do, it's now. It's right now. It's not a gradual process. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this great opportunity to pastor this church. I thank you for this great opportunity, Lord, to give this altar call. Ready your hearts right now. Christians, you should be praying. Everybody else, you can just simply relax. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not going to take you in a back room. I'm not going to call you out. You're not going to testify with a microphone. Nothing. So you can relax. Simply relax right where you're at. This is business between me, you, and God, because I am your sole witness, because everybody else, everybody else has said his bow and their eyes are closed. You need to get right with God this morning. Now is your time. Right at this moment, now is your time. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Don't, comp- don't contemplate it. Don't think about it. Say, yes, I want God, and I'm willing to turn my life over to him in repentance of my sin. If you're a backslidden believer, now is your time. You already know you're backslidden. You know you are. I don't need to tell you that you are. You know that you are. So you're a backslidden believer. Now is your time to get things right because that is a hell-bound condition. I don't care what the eternal security people tell you. The words eternal security are not in the Bible. Therefore, they are heresy and should be rejected. Don't, la- don't, don't allow the lack of knowledge to destroy you. Don't do it. Don't do it. And for those of you who are thinking right now, can't we just get this done? You will come to a place because you are never going to die. You will come to a place in life where you will see there was nothing more important that you did during the week than prayed over people right now. Nothing more important. Well, I got to get to this and I've got to get to that. In comparison to a soul, in comparison to somebody, somebody's sickness being healed, you got to get somewhere else. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've back, you backslidden, now is your time. Get it right with God. Maybe you've never been saved, now is your time. Maybe people think you're saved and you know you're just putting on a show, now is your time to become legit. If that's you and you know that you need to get your life right with God, this is the only physical thing I'm gonna ask you to do. You know that you need to have your sins forgiven. That's what born again means, sins forgiven. That's it. If that's you, 
You know that you need to be born again and recommitted. All I want you to do right where you're sitting at is boldly right now, lift your hand in the air. Right now, come on. Don't think about it anymore. Come on. There we go. I got you. I got you. I'm looking to my left or right. I got you. I got you. God bless you. I got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Now you, I got you in the back. Got you. God bless you. If it's you and you didn't raise your hand right now, make a stand and boldly put your hand up in the air. If you didn't do it the first time, God bless you. Got you. Anybody else? Got you, brother. Anybody else? God bless you. Got you. Got you, brother. God bless you. Those of you that lifted up your hands, the entire church is going to pray this with you out loud. You pray it directly to God. Your sins, they are forgiven. And you are saved and you are born again. All of us, let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. That's it. Church said. Good. Amen. Amen. Lots of people.